Hey friends, it's me, Katie Ann, and your host to the Full Confidence Ahead podcast, where we go on a journey together tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance, from careers to community. And I just want to say, hey y'all, in Minnesota and Missouri, you just joined last week. And so we're so excited to have you. And if you're new to the show, we have a goal to hit all 50 states in the U.S., and I am so close, you guys. We're just missing the Dakotas. So please, if you have friends in the Dakotas, either north or south, doesn't matter, send them the podcast and have them download an episode because we are almost to all 50 states. That is my little goal here. But I'm so excited for today. I really want you to feel like you're right here in your living room with me. Um, actually, I'm inviting you into my little living room. You're under a blanket fort with me because you, I'm trying to block out as much sound as possible, but they're redoing our roof. So if you get a little bang here and there, we're totally fine. It's a little commotion, but be right here in my living room blanket. We're going to have a little bit of a different episode today. I get to talk to you about a subject that a lot of people have been asking me to kind of address lately, something that's really been on my mind, and that's failure. Um, I love this idea of failure and how I can actually be the driving factor to our success. So buckle in. We're super excited for today. Um, and just to introduce myself a little bit, I'm the host of the Full Confidence Ahead podcast, Katie Ann. But the most important fact about me, you guys, I am a taco lover. And I mean street tacos. Like, oh, my goodness, get a little salsa on that. Mm. So if you're with me, make sure to connect with me later and give me your best taco recommendations on my Instagram or anything. It's at Katie Ann underscore pal. Just send me a DM and be like, hey, love tacos here. Like I'm always looking for tacos wherever I'm traveling or wherever I am. So please send me your best recommendations. They're my fave tacos all the way. <laughs> but I'm also a graduate of public relations Portuguese and heart performance. So I have some expertise in that area, which means that I also have a lot of experience with failure. <laughs> That's either in music or in competitions or in school. And I also have a lot of experience of what I define as success. But I think those two words, failure and success, have become really important to me later, uh, this recently, lately not later, lately, that's what I meant to say. Uh, they've become really important to me lately and I've, I'm kind of redefining them. And I've talked to a lot of my friends and family about failure and how I'm actually loving failure um, and how it's helping me learn. Um, so I, I want to talk to you about you with you today. So I'm with you. We're here. Um, so first off, what is failure? And I always start with the J.K. Rowling quote. <laughs> I had to look it up, guys. Rowling or Rowling. She says it's rolling. So I hope that we're on the same boat. That's how you pronounce it. But anyways, her quote is, it is impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might have well not lived at all. In that case, you fell by default. I just like to kind of preface failure or my ideas of failure stemmed from that quote initially of this idea that living so cautiously is actually failing, not not failure itself. So um, I also wanted to look up the definition of failure, and I started in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary this morning, and failure says, failure is the omission of occurrence or performance. Um, and I think this is where my idea kind of differs from the dictionary definition. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think failure, so it has kind of two definitions here. It says emission of occurrence or or a lack of, of uh, expected result and performance. So I, I agree with the part that not performing or just not trying 
is failure, but I don't agree that admission of occurrence or this lack of, of a result is failure. So the reason why I've started having that idea is because I'm starting for the GMAT right now. My goodness, if any of you guys have ever, ever studied for a standardized test, whoa, it takes a lot out of you. So the GMAT, for a little background, it's specific to an MBA or for any master's or upper degrees in business. So that's kind of where I'm going right now. But it's really interesting. I have this tutor and the whole setup from this tutor is about failing. So I have this algorithm online with GMAT questions, specifically the math questions. And it's not, and he gives me homework and the homework is failing 20 times, which at first I was like, that is so interesting. So it's a computer generated program that I'm using and it just spits out questions. It just spits out and spits out questions. And, um, I have to keep going until I fail 20 times. So sometimes that'll take me 20 minutes. <laughs> Every minute I fail the question. And sometimes it'll take me up to four hours because I'll be getting them right. And I think what I started when I started to change my deal of failure is when <laughs> I went into the kitchen one day and was like complaining to my mom. I'm like, mom, I just need to fail one of these. I am tired of <laughs> I'm doing my homework because I was sitting down for probably about four hours at that point on and I thought it would only take me about an hour to do my homework and I was just tired because I I was sick of being successful in these questions it was so funny because my homework was to fail and so suddenly I'm like wait this is kind of a different phenomenon than I've ever had in my life I am begging to fail to be done with my homework uh, so that was the start of this idea of failure for me this idea that maybe failure actually is a good thing. So I've been studying for this for a couple months and it's been interesting because I've realized that I only actually improve my score because I've taken different practice tests. I only improve my score when I have failed. And you're like, wait, what? And I don't mean fail the test, but it's failed in my homework. Because a lot of times on these standardized tests, you can by luck get a certain number. You're like, okay, by luck, I, there was a 20% chance I picked the right answer and I just picked the right answer. So sometimes when I'm doing my practice problems, I'll just by chance pick the right answer. So I never actually learn the correct math principles of how to go through the problem. But it's when I fail the question and get it wrong that it, the computer program spits out a step-by-step -step of, okay, here is the the theory you were supposed to use or the theorem, like the Pythagorean theorem, this is what you missed. You didn't realize that it was a three, four, five triangle or, or whatever it is. It goes step by step, but it gives me principles, not just the answer, but principles off of what I felt how to improve. And it has extended my homework time because now I've improved more and more, um, which has been fascinating. So it's been interesting to see that my improvement has, of my score has been in direct correlation to how many times I have failed and learned from those failures. Um, so I started to have this idea a couple months ago that failure is actually the thing that is pushing me forward. It is actually the thing by which I learn. So I kind of just made up this one-liner. It is by failure that I learn. Um, 
and that is starting to shape and mold my life a little bit more. And that's why I wanted to jump on and talk about failure. And ever since that experience of my improvement of score directly being correlated with the amount of times I've failed, I've started pulling that out in my life as well. So I have a few examples from my life of how this has been applicable of failure too. Afterwards, I kind of looked back and thought, wow, I actually improved because I failed. So that first time um, was actually in a volunteer position. I've been volunteering over the last year with a place called Junior Achievement. It's a international program that has a curriculum that they teach um, kids financial literacy in the schools. And one of their many programs they have over 100 programs that you have each grade. But one of their many programs is called BizTown. And it's for fifth and sometimes sixth graders. And these fifth and sixth graders go into this mock city. It's it's this really cool room that looks like a city. They each get jobs. They have a budget. They have to learn how to take out a business loan and how to pay that back. And so a couple months ago, I was a volunteer. And as a as an adult volunteer, you just go in and you kind of help the kids do their jobs during the day. So I was in a bank and that was, I was just facilitating this bank and helping the the kids in their different roles. And it was really interesting. It was, um, it was a low SES school. And I was talking to this girl who was a notoriously kind of a problem, like a, uh, problematic in school as in like she wasn't very ambitious or very apt to going to school or really liking school so I was kind of aware of that um so I could have better management skills and kind of motivate her in different ways um and she was the CFO of our our bank which was a great choice to help her have a learning experience um and I loved her transformation from the beginning of the day until the end of the day I was floored. So what happened during the day is she started taking your job pretty seriously. She started realizing as a CFO that the bank's success was dependent on her helping pay back our bank loan and also manage the other loans from the other businesses that had taken out from us to make sure that they were paying us back on time and whatnot. So she started getting this sense of responsibility. And then the big moment happened. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, they're, they're kids. We have to remember these are fifth graders. So one of the, the companies next to us, they could put in how much they were asking from us. Anyways, they accidentally scammed us. And all these businesses do like $100. They do low amounts. But they scammed us for about like $3 million, of which we did not have. And she was paying the bills and didn't pay attention and just automatically said pay and then realized that that one button click of a button put our our business into millions of dollars of debt well and our bank into millions of dollars of debt she came up to me and was just like what do i do so it was kind of like this big moment of failure and she felt very responsible for this and i i loved this moment working with her Because as the volunteer, we were asked to not really, it's really about the kids learning themselves. So we were there just to help them learn rather than tell them what to do. So I kind of reflected the question back to her. I'm like, that is a great question. What do we do now? And let her think about it. And she said, well, I can talk to the other, I can talk to the business 
tell them what happened. We can reverse the transaction. We can do a bunch of different things. I'm like, those are all great ideas. Let's start with the first one. So she kind of worked through this problem. And interestingly enough, by the end of the day, it had not been solved. They had to go home back to uh, their elementary school at that point. But she came up to me and said, you know, I've never considered myself getting a job in the bank. I didn't think I could do it. And not only that, now I know I can and I want to be a CFO. And I was floored. I was like, wait a minute, you took this girl who I know isn't really ambitious in school, is struggling, to suddenly have never considered having a job in a bank, didn't consider herself good at math. By the end of the day, she was telling me, she was telling me, I wasn't telling her, but she was telling me, I can do this and I will do this. And I was floored because there was a sense of self-confidence that came through failure, which is so fascinating to me. And I think that's probably the most powerful thing that we can instill into children, into ourselves, is that sense of self-confidence, of worth, of of knowing that you can do something. And she was the one telling me she could do it, not me telling her. And that was so much more powerful that it was coming from within. But it all stemmed from this idea of failure. It all happened when she had to work through this really big issue of getting scammed at our bank. Um, And it was, obviously, this is a safe setting for failure. It's fake money. It's, It's a place where the kids can... The whole premise of this biz town, actually, is for kids to fail and then learn to succeed all in a safe environment that the failure doesn't have large consequences. And that's exactly what happened with this girl. She failed in a safe environment and came back not only on top, but came back with this installed confidence inside of her. So it really gave me a perspective on failure that was different and so, so touching to me. I, I've been touched for months about this girl that the inner confidence that she had the ability to come back to me and say, not only do I know I can, I will. Like, oh, it was so shattering to me. Just, just quaking. You know, like when you have something, you're like, whoa, that like was quaking to my soul. That was so strong. It was one of those moments for me. And to realize that it all truly stemmed from working through failure, put that into a different perspective in me. So this is a perfect time. I want to pause really quick and give a moment to our sponsors. And then we'll come right back and talk a little bit more about failure. My favorite thing each week is just to listen to the stories of these incredible people on the podcast. They give me confidence in all areas of my life. The Full Confidence Ahead sponsor, Utah Money Moms, has boosted my financial confidence. I remember the first time I heard about them on YouTube, I just found this video about tracking your expenses they had done. And it was so simple and confidence building that I went to their website and started downloading as much material as I could. Make sure you head over to utahmoneymoms.com after this episode to sign up for their free webinars on all financial topics from the basics of budgeting to estate planning. Okay, we're back and we just talked about the story of the girl having this inner self-confidence come from failure, which was so interesting to me. So I kind of took that example a couple of months ago and looked back on my, my, my life to see if I had any of those evidences 
the same as her that I had this sense of self-confidence come through failure. And I actually found an example that became more obvious as these situations started occurring. And it was in my very first year of college. Um, I had, I will fully admit, I had a really interesting idea of um, testing and succeeding my first year of college. I had just been naturally just totally fine in high school or just mathematics and things had come natural to naturally to me. Um, and I did well, I, I'd put effort into it, but I would do well. So I went into college with this terrible idea that tests, if I did good on a test or if I did bad on a test, it reflected the teacher, but it didn't reflect me. That is totally not true. No student should have that. I'm like, if you're a student with that idea, go ahead and change that right now with me. Cause that's how I went into college. I just didn't understand that it's, a lot of it's your effort that you put into studying. The teacher will present you with wonderful information, but unless you study and unless you work, you won't really truly grasp a concept the way you need to. So my first year of college, I'm there. I had signed myself up for a really hard, notorious, it was a notoriously hard chem class that was one of those weeder classes that um you know you go in and the first day I was really frustrated the first day we went in and the teacher was like yep 50% of you were fell this class and it's to weed out some of you and I was like no way they're not weeding out me <laughs> so anyways I'm in this class I'm like I will be just fine I am good so up comes that first test and I'm like, I have got this. I took the test. And you guys, <laughs> so bad. I was like two points off of failing the test. Like my score was low. And I had a really big eye-opening moment. Uh, this total failure of a test. Something I thought I had in the bag. I went and took the test and I didn't get it. But I'm so grateful only took that one class to kind of kick me into gear, but I never would have put in the work had it not been for that test. So right after that test, I realized, okay, I was totally wrong. This is not about the teacher with how well I do. It's about me. So I need to change uh, my idea and I need to change my, my habits. So I started, this is totally funny, you guys, but I realized that in my, at my university, they were teaching this class multiple times a week. So I, the same class, like I would take on Monday, it was like a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class, you know, one of those. And on Monday they would teach at like eight and then 10 and 11. And so I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is my assigned time was like 11. I don't really remember, but I started going to two classes a day. So I'd go to the 8 a.m. and the 11 a.m. class. So I'd listen to the same lecture twice to get it down. And then I found myself a good study group of people who were doing better than me, um, who could help me through the problems. And then I started spending five hours a day in the TA lab. Five hours. That's a lot. It was crazy, but I was determined to change around what had happened to me. So it was fascinating. I went from total failure to bringing, I think I ended up with a B minus in that class. And to jump from a first test, like being totally almost total F to a B, that that was a huge jump of points. Um, and all stemmed around this idea of failure. If I had not failed that first test, I would not have had a good study ethics, a good idea of how to go through college. So I realized that I, I've become smart through college because I've studied a lot, but it's not because I am smart. 
And it's not because I was successful. It's because I failed. And specifically, I failed that first class. And I think that's so fascinating um, to say I'm smart, not because I, I got 100%. I'm smart because I failed. And then out of that failure, I chose to do something about it. So maybe failure isn't so much about not getting the expected result, but it's actually, I, I think failure is that if we, if we get an unexpected result and don't do anything about it, that's failure. But if you get an unexpected result and it pushes you to do something, oh my goodness, that is way better than actually succeeding. Because everything in my life that has pushed me to be a better person has actually been that same pattern. I failed and it pushed me to be more than I would have been if I would have succeeded. So in that sense, failure has been my success or analyzing what went wrong and putting patterns into play after failure have been my success rather than success alone. Um, so that is so interesting to me. And it's, it's also been on my mind. I've, I really am interested in this idea of success and redefining both failure and success. And over the last couple of years, I've kind of redefined the word success because I think in our society, we're a little bit too outcomes-based. We say success is getting that job title at work or success is getting into your dream school or success is, we have these ideas like a success is a title, a trophy, a competition. But I have come to reconcile with myself that success is becoming someone. It's not getting something. And that's because titles and trophies, like a title may only last a few years, a trophy collects dust on the shelf, but who you become sticks with you forever. So success to me is not outcome-based. It is completely character-based. Um, and I actually just kind of went through this. I've been in multiple competitions in my life, and recently I've competed and um, some of the most successful moments on a stage competing have been moments that people would consider my biggest failure when I didn't win. Uh, last year, I was in a competition and same with this year, actually, same results. I didn't win this competition. And I had so many people come up to me saying, hey, I am so sorry. Like I kept getting these responses of, I'm sorry. And I was so confused because even though I hadn't won the competition, it was some of my most successful moments because I had become a better person. I'd become more articulate. I'd become, I dedicated more time to my talents. I had become someone more. So that dichotomy of people saying sorry, but me feeling the best I had ever been really changed my definition of success, of changing it from outcome base to character base. And it's actually really interesting because now I'm kind of wording things a little bit differently. I want to congratulate people on who they've become rather than a title or something they've did. So that's something I'm working on. So if you ever come in contact with me and I, you can always check me like, hey, Katie Ann, how are you doing on that goal? Because <laughs> that's something I kind of want to redefine. I wish we could just redefine that in our world to have a character based or becoming world where we're achieving something within in our character rather than 
a title. And I'm not saying like going for a title or competition is bad. It's actually in those moments that we're having these ambitions that we're pushed to our character limits. So those are actually great things. It's just in the end, defining the success or failure should be off of who we've become rather than did we get it or not. So I'm not saying don't compete or don't do things like that. I'm actually saying do those things, but have in the back of your head, the success of this is not based off of winning or losing. The success of this is based off of who I am after this this time that I've worked to compete or to get the job or to get the raise, whatever like that. So it's kind of a, a little bit different outlook that I have come to love. So I'm so glad that that we can talk a little bit more openly about success and failure. And I I just want to hear from you guys to your definitions of success and failure. Um, and I want to connect with you guys and hear from you. Do you agree with me? Do you disagree? Do you, would you like to add something onto what I've talked about today? It's something that I, I love to do. And I, I want to be in contact with those of my, my little listening crew here with you here at the full confidence ahead podcast. And you can connect with me both on my Instagram or through my email. So Instagram is at KDN underscore Powell, or my email is fullconfidenceahead at gmail.com. I really want to connect and hear your thoughts on the podcast. I'd also love to hear people or topics that you would love on the podcast. This is about you and our journey together, the two of us going through life and gaining more confidence. And I had a few questions actually come from some, some of our listeners. So I'm going to answer them here. Feel free to always ask me questions and I'll address them here in the podcast. So I have a few questions. So I have one here from a lot about confidence here. So I have one from Chloe. She asked me here, do you feel that the arts have influenced your confidence at all? And that is definitely a yes. And I'm actually going to combine this from Natalie asked me, where does your confidence come from? So I'm combining these two questions. Um, Oh, sorry, not this one. I'll come back to that where confidence comes from. But I have from Anna, what's your go-to when you need confidence? And my go-to when I need confidence, um, if you've listened to some of the other episodes, you'll know that I'm a harpist and I play the harp. My go-to is music or playing the harp. Um, I know it's something that'll pick me up when I'm down. I know it's something that's kind of my my refresher, my restart button. So I definitely go and play the harp or karaoke, you guys. I love, <laughs> yep, car jamming. That's me. That's my confidence booster. I do have like this confidence playlist. It's definitely happy, pumpy songs, songs that I know work with me. It's taken me years to kind of compile this this small, short playlist of about five songs, <laughs> but I know they work. They're ones that are on my playlist. I know they work. They work for me. So that's kind of Anna, that's your question of where do I go when I need confidence is I have those that I've just discovered over the year and I've, I've written them down now as things that I go back to. But Chloe, that kind of answers your question of, do you feel that the arts have influenced your confidence at all? Completely, because that's actually where I turn now when I need that boost, uh, that arts, the music specifically for me. I also think that I gained confidence as I was learning an instrument and as I was learning um, to sing. And going back to our discussion, that came through a lot of failures. That confidence came through failures of going to harp concerts and harp performance. I, I remember one harp concert, I totally failed. We have, um, we play with both our feet and our hands on the harp and my feet got totally frozen in one concert and I 
totally that your feet and hands have to play in tandem to make the song work and if one plays without the other it goes south real fast so if you can imagine my feet were frozen and it went south really fast but after that I changed tactics of how I I learned to play and I would practice specifically just the feet just to make sure if I had a frozen moment and then my feet kind of had this this muscle memory to go back to. So confidence has come through the ups and downs of failure and of succeeding with the harp. And I've realized that if I can get through hard and disappointing moments behind my strings and behind my instrument, then I can get through hard and disappointing moments in my life. And I think confidence isn't the lack of fear in your life. Confidence is having the courage to face fear every single day. So yes, Chloe, the arts have been quite involved in that all my life. And Natalie, your question was, where does your confidence come from? Um, Great question. Um, I think confidence is, I, I actually just listened to a TED talk on this, that confidence is a soft skill. And sometimes we say like, wow, that person's confident or that person's not. I think we all have this, this innate ability to be confident, but you need to work on it. It's like, it's like a music skill or sitting down at the piano. We all, some of us have a little, a little bit more innate talent with music and some of us don't, but there's so many studies that say it's not that innate nature that you have within you. It's the time that you practice that makes you good at it. So I think my confidence comes from practice. It comes from just recognizing and kind of doing a self-analysis of times that I'm not confident and doing a little deep dive and saying, okay, Katie Ann, what is going on today? Why am I not feeling that way? Um, Identifying my outlets like music that help me feel confident and kind of sitting in those zones and making sure that I have that in my daily life. Another thing that makes me is kind of my go-to or makes me confident it's gratitude. I just started this awesome journal that has you write gratitude both in the morning and at night. And I think there's, we can have both this idea of like, of when we have unconfident moments, things that we can go back to of like, okay, when I'm not feeling confident, I have my pump up playlist, but I think we can also have preemptive measures. So that's gratitude for me of waking up in the morning and, and doing my writing down my gratitude. It's kind of a preemptive measure that starts me off, whether I'm feeling confident or not, it starts off my day in a better headspace. So I truly believe that confidence is a skill that we can work on. And I'm so grateful for your questions. So thank you for asking your questions. And I would love to hear from the rest of you. I want to hear from you listening right now. So connect with me on Instagram at at KDN underscore pal, or email me at fullconfidenceahead at gmail.com. Thanks for listening in today. And I want to hear your thoughts. What do you think about failure and success? I think a lot of times the feeling of fear comes from a lack of control in our lives. And our sponsor, PowerPay, is offering a money master course that's normally $40 for free to all Full Confidence Ahead podcast listeners so you can take control of your finances this year. The course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. So to claim your course, go to extensioncourses.usu.edu slash Pal, which is K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N-P-O-W-E-L-L, and it'll automatically add the money master course to your cart and you just click checkout and you'll get it for free. You can also access your course by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the money master course under the finance category, then using the code 
Katie Ann, K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N, with no spaces, to claim your $40 discount and free course at checkout. So let's master our money together. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, you got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.